0: Welcome back to episode 66 of the Blockrunner Podcast. Here is where we discuss the latest developments in cryptocurrency while we make this new technology relatable to you. You can watch this podcast on our YouTube channel to follow along with our discussion. As always, I'm your host, William, talking with your co-host, Iman, and today we'll be gathering for another roundtable for Decentraland. Joining me today is Maddie from dclblogger.com, Frankie Needles, Anorak, and bows from Decentral Games. And for the first time, introducing Catherine from lowpolymodels.org, Clark Kent, And Dennis from Dapcraft. Here are some of the topics we discussed today. First up, should wearables be an open market? Next, how nefarious content should be handled? Then, how decentralized is Decentraland? And finally, how should events look in the metaverse? All right, let's listen in.
1: That's, that's end world, right? That's, it's not, there's, yeah, there's no, there's no listeners for anywhere else. So
2: um,
3: that's, that's it's proving the point. You know I mean,
2: boss, how many people did you get out there for the casino launch?
4: Uh,
3: so Do we ran know? the numbers
4: with, uh, yeah, yeah, we ran the numbers. HP ran the numbers for me because he's like tracking all the users right. per parcel. Okay. And we had 411 unique users wow. over,
2: oh, it was like a six six hour period. So Whoa, I, I see because
1: I, I see more names there that I've never seen before. Sa-
2: Dude, same here.
1: Yeah. Donald yeah, that, J. That Trump is there. I out. saw him.
2: <laughs> <Wait>. The real. <laughs>
1: yeah, the real one, yep. Yeah. The real.
5: <laughs> That's what he's doing right
1: now. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> it's a fantastic well, product. Name, <laughs> uh, he's not tweeting uh, in details. <laughs> <I was> gonna... <laughs> Super
6: important to the world, you know? We know he's good for the tweets, so we'll
2: uh... yeah. lie. <laughs>
7: <laughs> if he's not tweeting he's in dcl that's how he rolls. yeah yep. <laughs> what time zones are we all in i'm um in the morning 8 a.m
2: share mm, my obs screen midnight um, there we yeah, go. i'm hey, 6, 6 p.m yeah. right. for me
8: i
1: already know what's going yeah. on because the obs is capturing your, your picture and it's not letting the other one do it
5: yeah.
7: all right
8: okay
2: KJ, yeah. jj where are you from
5: I'm from England, but I've lived in Spain for pretty much half my life. So okay. Half and half,
2: I guess. What about What part is Spain? I'm East Coast.
5: East Coast America? Yeah.
2: Not yep. the East
5: Coast out
2: there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 6 p.m. So you're Rio's time zone. Uh, DCL Plaza. Yeah, yeah. He's it's London. to
1: Rio here on a Saturday night, yeah.
2: Yeah, he's usually boozing by this time, too, so. <laughs>
1: That's true,
2: man. So what's Good the topic idea. of discussion? Dennis, today, guys? Dennis,
1: it's like one in the morning over there.
9: Yeah.
1: It's like one in the morning where you are, right?
9: Yeah, it's 1 a.m. Yeah, quite late. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I understand.
1: Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming out of
7: Yeah, thank you. thank you. Thank you, Well, of
1: course, we've been trying to get a KJ on the show for a little while. Last time, she fell asleep.
7: <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> what
5: happened. batteries and it really backfired.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's all good. I mean, we... I
7: think I've fallen asleep a couple of times ago. as well, so don't worry. Yeah. <laughs>
5: it's
1: normal. Here now. Yeah, exactly. Um, lots to talk about. Um, I don't know where you guys want to start at. Uh, I know I want to talk about copyright stuff.
0: So Frankie, you want to talk about uh, the conversation with Swiss? How'd that go? Like, what's the summary? Ah,
1: was there really a summary? We were talking shit. That's what we were doing. We were <laughs> Roll doing right like, you rolling right now? You know, he was yeah, like, um, he was asking a lot of questions that had to do kind of with like uh, philosophy, I guess, of what, you, what you're what you like, what I'm trying to get out of Decentraland and my vision on how, how I'm going about my business and stuff, you know? Um, and he had questions asked about you guys. And it was super informative. That's for sure. We went deep. It was, it was a cool conversation because we went pretty deep. Okay, good. On a lot of different subjects, so it was—it was—he uh, had a lot of good questions. That's I'm glad I had him on the show. For sure, I'll probably have him again.
7: That's really cool to see because I—I've seen him go from being a complete new member within, I think, two weeks ago, and then now mm-hmm. he's just fully creating all this awesome stuff, getting right involved exactly. with the yep. community. It goes to show, like, you don't have to—if you're active, then you know we all pay attention, and everyone, you know, you're right in there with all of us. Yeah, it's cool to see. So is he um developing something for Metazone, or is he doing deploying his own build? What's his thing?
1: He's got a, uh, a build there. There's a club that we went to today, and then we went to a different building. There was a giant building. It seemed like some sort of more giant.
3: I think that was like his situation. headquarters. I think. Yeah,
1: right. More, more like his. It's like DCL Ventures. <laughs> it? Yeah, or it's like...
3: nice. Yeah. I've, I've been there. It's pretty.
6: It's pretty nice. It, it's very uh, realistic looking. You know, yeah, the realistic.
0: Like a, Will Will would hate it because it feels <laughs> like a regular life. Not into yeah. that shit. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna be talking yeah. about that soon.
3: <laughs> I like, I gotta... <laughs> How soon? How soon, Will? I know well, that's, no, that's I mean, a... uh,
0: just conceptually, I think the metaverse could um, probably accomplish a lot more if things weren't so realistic. Uh, mm. Like, for example, like the conferences, like sitting in front of a screen and doing a, a slideshow. It's cool that we can do it in, in, uh, you know, in Decentraland, but I I feel like there's a better way to do it. But of course, there's consequences, right? We got to get developers involved and we have to, um, you know, figure out a way to do slides in 3D, which is not easy. And then not only that, anybody who who wants to present something in the metaverse should do it as easily as creating a, a PowerPoint slide right yeah. so that's that's not exactly straightforward
1: Yeah. so that'd be something there was levels to like okay if yeah. you wanted to d- display 3d models that's a possibility it's just gonna cost you a little more bread
0: yeah yeah for sure and that's how i was like thinking about it because a lot of this is about sustainability if uh mm-hmm. if we want to make this sustainable there has to be some kind of monetary exchange to that extent let me turn off the music here um and if there's no monetary exchange then you can't expect anybody to create anything so i mean as far as you know in real life goes that's how it works
3: yeah that's interesting because that's part of what uh, swiss and frankie are talking about is swiss has like a more like a socialist approach to as far as like building in the metaverse meaning like you know people should build things and kind of like give it out freely to whoever wants to and you I think that he was
1: saying, I don't think he was saying everything, but I think he thinks that there should be some version of like we have with the neighborhood Catherine, where there's like things that you can kind of access if you're not a builder and be like, okay, i am put this on my land, you know?
3: Mm-hmm. No, that's really interesting. Cause not all of us are members of that neighborhood project. Mm-hmm. It'd be a good time. Mm-hmm. Whoever of you guys who are part it. of it can kind of like break it down for us. Like, you want to go in on that? Yeah, sure.
6: Um, it's pretty cool concept. Uh, uh, one user named Scorpio kind of put together this project where he spent a lot of time, kind of putting together a proposal and getting people on board. And we, they they kind of tried to limit it to people who were very active in Decentraland, people who were kind of you know trying to move the community forward, which was cool. And it also gave us a really good mix of people, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so for the past like I don't know three or four weeks, he's really been grinding on that, and we finally distributed the lands. And started to actually purchase the lands recently. And so it's 22 parcels. Uh, each one is owned by a different community member. Um, and everyone's kind of got their, their area that they can build in. And so there's already, it's kind of interesting, because there's already been some discussions going back and forth between like, what's the best way to do this collaboratively? Are we going to try to connect the parcels? Are we going to try to, you know, do our own thing? How are we going to maximize space, but also, you know, take into account everybody else so it doesn't become like just a big cluster? Um, so mm-hmm. some of those kind of conversations are happening at a micro level, but as people are starting to put stuff on their land, it's like a really good demonstration on if you're motivated to build on one parcel for whatever reason, you know, a lot of us, I think, who are building on land all hold multiple parcels. And so you don't have that limitation, but I've been really impressed to see how cool, you know, people can get on one parcel. And so mm-hmm. like my, my basic, I, I'm, you know, I, I learned Blender and and the SDK after just just joining Decentraland. So I had no background, and so I found you know just just with three weeks how cool it is to just be able to texture objects and you know bring music in and do all that stuff. And so you know, I built like a little like gathering spot, like a, a medieval round table for everybody. Um, and then I think you know there's a maze, cool, yeah. which is awesome. <laughs> hey. There's like a couple games. Yeah, it's like
3: it's really that, cool what you can do. You did that in three yeah. weeks, like you learned in three weeks and you figured out how to do all that. Yeah. Pluck's an intelligent
1: yeah. dude though. It's not like he's not, <laughs> <Yeah>. you know,
3: <laughs> that's really cool to see. I, I Thanks, see a friend. lot of, a lot of people yeah. are a lot of people are starting to learn this stuff like uh, blender and, you know, basic coding, I guess, because yeah. now there's like a new platform that's so accessible that everybody feels like they're incentivized mm-hmm. to kind of learn these mm-hmm. new skills, you know, before it's like, yeah. you have to get recruited by like a big Silicon Valley corporation in order to like oh. contribute anything. You know, that's what's so cool about these decentralized applications. You know, anybody can contribute, you
1: know. Yeah, and you can can learn as long as you want to, you know, because I've spent hours and hours, you know, doing tutorials and stuff like that. And, you know, I talked about before, like, I might watch one tutorial for two days, you know, because I'm not really understanding whatever is in there. And I'll just take my time, figure it out, and then apply it to what I'm trying to do. You know, I never, I'm doing what's in the tutorial, you know. Yeah.
3: So I don't know if you guys want to speak on like uh, some more. Cr- now that Clark is here, you were the one who brought up like the first like legit. Uh, he you lit know, the
1: fire. <laughs> he yeah. lit the fire. That's what happened. He, he wrote this nine page. Uh, what What is it? A proposal, right? Proposal. Yeah.
6: yeah. So, yeah. I mean, and I think, I don't know, I can talk about the proposal and or we can, you know, not talk about the details of it because for me, it was kind of twofold, right? I, I kind of, st- I saw the forum, I saw what the team was putting out, and you know, there's this this concept that 22 min- million mana is going to be uh, delegated per year to projects, right? Mm-hmm. And so the idea that you know proposals are going to be kind of a fundamental aspect to at least how that fund is delegated, and you know, I think everyone kind of has their views, and I have my views on how governance beyond that will work with the DAO, but at least as to how money will be delegated from the DAO, I think it's important to really get to a level of minutiae when you do these things and, and have the details that are necessary to actually execute. Right. And so part of my frustration with with the platform has always been even with the DAO, there's such a lack of information on, you know, the details. And you know, as a lawyer, I'm constantly like, I need a 500 page document that outlines every (laughs) single aspect of this so that if there's ever a dispute, you know, I have the security that I need that it's there. Right. And Mm -hmm. I can't act until I know what the rules are. And so for me, that was kind of my thought. It's like, let's take a simple idea like user created wearables and come up with a structure for how they could be released. That's actually like A to Z and not just like, you know, because I think some of us saw the proposal that was out there and I I understood that it was a very early draft and, you know, whatnot. But I think that there's, there's going to be, you know, blog posts that go out to the community to explain what something is. And then I think there has to be kind of the back end document that explains how things will actually work in detail so that the people who are delegating, you know, what's eventually going to be millions of dollars can make decisions on an informed basis and really consider you know, what, what it is that you're proposing. And so for me, it was kind of just like, I, I was getting into to debates with people on the forums. And I was like, you know what, this is fine. Like it's one medium of doing this, but five hours will be much better spent if I sit down at the computer and write this all,
8: mm-hmm. you know, in, in a
6: thoughtful and, and structured way. And so I did it. And, you know, in the end, it, if it changes completely, and that's what's submitted, or if it's never submitted at all, I think it served its purpose, because people are talking now, and I've seen other proposals you know, come out since then on different topics that are much more structured than what we had before. So I, I, I like that. Yeah. I, I think it's good important just to get
1: the, 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 the conversation started, you know, like, and that, I mean, no, obviously yeah. there was a conversation there, but the conversation really got started after that, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I obviously, I think now we're at the point where now we have a serious use case for the Dow, you know, let's vote on this one. You know, we got to we got to see what's up, you know, yeah, this will be. We gotta see. This will be a good, good like uh first run for the DAO to see if it's working correctly. Mm-hmm.
6: Yeah. So yeah. one, one thing about the proposal, and I don't know how many of you guys actually <laughs> sat and, and uh, went through I read the whole thing. Every
1: single one. <laughs> I read every one. Um,
6: my, my issue, and and part of the reason why I wanted to write the proposal was because I I did think that this was a good use case for the DAO as to proposals. Um, but I also thought it was a very clear example of something that shouldn't be determined by the DAO, that the DAO will be just kind of unfit conceptually to to determine. Again, yeah. Yeah. And so I proposed, you know, and I, I think ultimately this is what's going to have to happen with the DAO, is that the DAO is going to have to have sub methods of community involvement for certain issues mm-hmm. and that they may ultimately be created by the DAO and voted upon by the DAO. But then... Just as a matter of ease of implementation and actually garnering community involvement, I think there's going to have to be certain issues that are voted on outside of the DAO. And so I proposed, you know, a very basic kind of like one vote for user type system for this, you know, deciding which which um, which wearables to bring in and what the community wanted, which was, I think, pretty stark contrast to what the DAO was suggesting on, you know, having curators and then maybe only having a handful of people who've staked, you know, large amounts of mana decide which ones go through. Um so I think I think that in I have very strong views on um how the DAO will work from a governance perspective. Um and and I'd like to see more details like I said before about how they they propose it before I actually, you know, make judgment. Um but I do think that the DAO will serve an important function as a um venture capital type fund as a means of delegating the money that's been allocated, if nothing else, because that makes sense. And that's been done before. And, you know, it makes sense that certain people will control that um, because they've invested more.
0: Agreed. So uh, So, I may, might be able to pack, back me up on this one, but uh, what's your elevator pitch Clark on what you're trying to, um, what you're trying to accomplish with uh, the wearables? Is it the fact that you're trying to limit the amount of wearables submitted into circulation? Is it you're trying to limit trolls? I mean, what's the, the, uh, what's the goal with uh, this proposal?
6: Well, like I said, the, the goal with the proposal was really just to get the conversation started. To, to show that the, the kind of the level of detail that I think is necessary to actually implement something like this. I don't have super strong you know connections one way or the other on how it's done and how it's implemented. I I read the proposal that was put out and I just said, this is unworkable. You know, it's not going to achieve the result that at least the community is expecting. Um, And so what I aimed for um, was a a system that was much less restrictive on what was actually going to make it into the market and how that would be determined. But that still somehow maintained the scarcity of wearables so that it didn't kind of turn into the crypto voxels free for all.
0: Yes, um, and, and
6: I think there's a fair argument for a free for all, right? Where 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 some point things are put in place, you know, copyright protection and and things like that, um, and and you know, keeping the the obscenities and stuff out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that you know that's that that's a different proposal that someone could make. And I tried to kind of strike somewhere in the middle between what the team had proposed and what I understood the team had proposed, and and a complete free so for all.
0: So far, um. I think one of the only debates that we should be having is really how we prevent nefarious wearables from showing up or nefarious content just to begin with only because I think when it comes to wearables, it's all about reputation. Um, There's been tons of debates on wearables and like the one that I was having in in the general chat in discord was it boiled down to if Jay-Z came in and, and minted a thousand wearables, all those would be gone in a second, and probably each one would be worth, you know, five hundred thousand mana. And there's a thousand of them, right? But then Joe Blow comes in, and he comes in, he mints a single wearable. Well, that may not be worth anything, right? Nobody's gonna want that because it's not, it's not. He's a nobody. And so to restrict the number of wearables, it doesn't doesn't make sense to me. Like I'm not understanding like what what the debate here really is. <laughs>
3: So I guess that that requires more like feedback from uh, people who are looking at it from more like an investor standpoint, because you're you're looking at it yeah. more as a creator accessibility, you know. Uh, so yeah, there's two sides to this argument whether or not people uh, value these wearables as like actual investment t- uh, tools, similar to how a cryptocurrencies looked at. See, so the way I think
1: that's already gone down that route. You know, uh,
3: yeah, I think
7: long term will uh, your analogy or um, example of jay-z getting involved that's really good once there's like millions of users but right now if you inc- increase or you put out there a supply that there is no demand for um it's just gonna completely crush the market which i'm kind of leaning towards an open market but i think right now we should find a balance in between because we've seen I, I don't know i've seen in crypto boxes i've been part of multiple different projects where they have made the decision to increase supply or let supply just figure itself out and it just turned into like pennies
0: and that's very important um, That's just what's happened that's an important take because we do have to look at all the other projects who have done this already and and not make those same mistakes and when you well, put it that my, way it makes sense uh, Maddie.
1: go ahead frankie sorry. My, my argument about that is that i have been able to get more people's attention behind um the the wearables thing owning your own and I talked about it earlier on the podcast with Swiss earlier on the interview with Swiss where, you know, I come from like gaming. Like I used to play Madden and, you know, 2k and stuff like that. And you would have these auction houses where you buy and sell these cards that you use. And, um, those have no value, you know, you're never going to be able to own it next year. They're going to put out a game. You're going to have to buy them again, but people still pay money for them. So for me going into the wearables, and understanding that there was a supply number that I could see, and then it goes into my wallet, and I can sell it for anything I want in life. That was something attractive to me, and is also attractive to other gamers. And I've been able to get more people's attention with that than anything else in decentral. Mm-hmm.
7: That's good to hear on um, KJ's and Dennis's thoughts on that because I don't think we've heard their perspective. Well,
1: Dennis specifically because <laughs> you, you're doing that. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Up, Dennis. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's good <laughs> let's talk about it.
0: Uh, so let's let's yeah. hear K, uh, KJ. TJ Walker first, of course.
5: Yeah. Oh, views on wearables.
0: Yeah. Yeah, what what are yeah, your thoughts like, like you, what do you what's your a... opinion?
5: Honestly, I think it should be completely open. I think anyone mm-hmm. should be able to make anything. I know that has economic ratifications, but I think if the idea is to create a decentralized metaverse where we all have the same rights, we all have the same voting power, that's the only way to move forward. Uh maybe to cut supply, we could limit the amount of wearables that each user can make. For example, you can make one wearable per month or one per fortnight. So it would kind of make you focus more energy on making a really good wearable and avoid inundating the market with things that would then lower the value.
0: Wouldn't that I be a know. smarter uh, implementation, Maddie, to, to say that anybody can create anything that they want but you have to already have a wearable first, and then you have to burn that wearable in order to create a new wearable right That's an interesting that, thought wouldn't that make yeah. more sense like from a technical and and because what we don't want to do is we don't want to have to look at every single wearable submitted and then see whether you know vote on you know a creator who's submitting something like that it's not really scalable right that's not sustainable so somehow would that
7: work? How would that work in the sense of say I'm a designer and I created what, a set of wearables? And then to create a new set of wearables I need to destroy all that whole supply or
0: well that that's the, something the previous that, supply. No, that's a good point because if you wanted to create a wearable of a hundred, then you would have to collect a hundred wearables. I mean that doesn't that doesn't make sense yeah. either.
7: And then the people that bought into the ones the wearables that you want to destroy or burn to make the new ones, what happens with them? I think right now, it's it's kind of making a simple framework that has the balance and that can be implemented within the next one or two months, hopefully, and then kind of releasing and relaxing the rules as we get to know what's going on. Ideally, you want an open market, as KJ said, that was some really interesting things.
1: Another um, thing I had kind of come up with was um, having user-created wearables be a completely separate category from the ones that exist now and that would be released later by the team
8: yeah
1: and I spoke to Punk about that about like making a different set of numbers a user mythic might be you know maybe, maybe user mythics don't even exist but like let's say a user legendary is one of twenty five instead of one of hundred because you know like if everybody's making them you know what I'm saying like might or say, there's like, just all the same rarity. As many you know was that mm-hmm.
6: or they could just all be the same rarity and just say like user created you know yeah, so yeah, it's
1: yeah. Yeah, exactly yeah.
0: eight but eight I'm
1: saying like a different number that would be like not at all the same because there's a whole different dynamic of the way they're
0: being distributed. You know? Yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. Dennis, you want to talk about Dappcraft and like what what your thoughts on? Because you've been working on this, you know, from the different. Yeah, the, yeah, from the beginning, quite
9: quite a lot already. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, so what I think is, um, let me. So what I think is that it is really important to get users inside the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, creating and selling variables, as I see it, we should promote that it should be done inside. And adding adding extra variables, as I see it, it's not it should not be done adding it to the market um, directly. Mm-hmm. And as we see it, you can buy a receipt and then you can go inside the world and craft your variable. Then mm-hmm. at least. Uh, we encourage users to get inside. And on the other hand, as I see it um, in Dubcraft, what we are trying to do is to to create an infrastructure of um, buying and selling variables inside the world. Mm-hmm.
8: Cool.
9: And um, and as for the question, should, should it be the open market or closed? From the entrepreneur's point of view, it should be opened, of course. Mm-hmm. But then... If you just have a wearable the community should understand that without the infrastructure inside, without the time users can spend inside, we don't need such wearables.
3: Agreed. Yeah. So
0: so you take a, you take a little bit of a different approach in the sense that I think you're closer to proof of work wearables where you have to earn, you have to earn whatever you, you put on as to me, you know, in a metaverse that makes the most sense. Um, but I guess from my perspective, it's, it's a little biased like anybody else's, but I would prefer to have a a world where wearables are earned and then traded in the open market, right? Um, yeah. that yeah. way you sort of limit the supply just by the, the, the work people put in to collect said wearable. And let's say you have Jay-Z wearable coming out. There's a thousand of them, but you have to do some crazy amount of work in order to get it. I'm pretty sure those thousand T-shirts are going to be minted, right? Because people will do the work to get it. Uh, but they're that much more valuable because they have been minted versus someone that just comes in and just creates a thousand wearables, right? It's a, it's yeah. a different uh, value structure. I think it's
1: a, <clears throat> a different little um, a dynamic here, though, because Decentraland being more of like a platform, like a social platform, like you're not going to do nothing at my building. You know, you got to listen to forty-five minutes of a podcast in order to get a get a shirt. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. like, on some level, this isn't all about doing stuff and and running around and using using W S A D or W A S D to to go do stuff. You know, like no, it again, what if simple. I want to make a creative creative wearable, and then like, what what is going to be the task to do at my radio station?
3: You know, yeah, in that, in that case, it's more like uh, the brand value that you add to your wearables in your case, oh, yeah. because essentially you're you're minting a thousand of such and such wearable. And whether or not there's a demand for the purchase of that wearable is all dependent on what kind of value you've contributed as far as, like, your own personality. Mm-hmm. You know, exactly what you're doing right now is perfect. You're creating a brand mm-hmm. for yourself. The Frankie yeah, brand. Yeah. The Frankie Needles yeah. brand. You know, you're, you, if you create a thousand hats over somebody who's never done anything social, you're going to sell out way quicker than he will, you know? Absolutely. My point
1: about, like, have, but I'm saying about having to do for instance, let's say Facebook had wearables you had avatars are you really going to go through a facebook and play games all day to get nothing? you're not but you would pay a couple bucks and they like get from like video the games Mythics where like something. you ha- where you wear wearables dudes just want them man they don't care to do nothing to get them they just want them to be seen with that stuff on man it's just like the the human personality part of it you know, they,
0: and you can get you know. them on the open market but they have to be they have to be earned first right somebody has in to, to be, in order to be minted you're saying right right, right. Yeah. Exactly. yeah
2: yeah I think a good segue into that stuff is um, kind of doing what the team has done in the past with you have to show up to this event to get this wearable. Mm -hmm. And now that we're all hosting our own events, it would be pretty cool if like KJ could have made like a fashion show t-shirt wearable. Mm -hmm. And if you showed up to the fashion show, you got that t-shirt. I think it's Mm -hmm. uh, something that now that we're hosting our own events, we need to look into and, and have the opportunity. And it's a good segue into what you guys are talking about, which is do X, Y, and Z to receive this wearable. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a nice transition. I see what you're
1: saying. I mean, it'd be nice to have conference wearables, you know, for the conferences. I, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I could see,
0: you
8: know.
2: And you just got to show up. There's no like grinding out and expecting yeah, people yeah, to yeah, come yeah, back saying, for hours right. and hours.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's what I would I like I mean, to see. T- go ahead, Clark. I'll, I'll let you go.
6: Sorry. No, so kind of going to Maddie's point and, and what Dennis was saying, I think that the freer the market is, um, the more of a demand there will be for wearables in world. um I kind of played with the idea of having a wearable shop where I was displaying the the models you know in in a in a in a space. and you know I couldn't figure out a lot of the coding but the the ability to see it was kind of a a bigger deal for for some of the mythics and stuff that no one's ever seen before. and even here it's such a small community that you do see them. But once you've got you know a million different designs, right? and you um, and, and you don't really have a good way of sorting through them because you don't know the names. You know, you can get online and you can scroll for two hours or you can go to Dennis's store or you can go to whoever's store and see 3D models. And I've, I've seen your, 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 your platform um, and, and what it is, is it's displaying. You can kind of scroll through the models that he's featuring and see what they look like in 3D. And I think that eventually and that's kind of why I do support a move towards a free market um, eventually. I I think that there are a lot of logistics that still need to be controlled. And and kind of the lawyer in me says, if you just let it go, there's going to be a pair of Bitcoin glasses tomorrow and there go the value of Bitcoin glasses, you know? And so, like, without any ability to control what is and what is not minted and how it's distinguished and how people can kind of see what things look like in world and copyright law and all these other logistical challenges that there will be, I do think the ultimate goal should be a free market. Um And I don't actually think that it will kill the value of the wearables that are currently pre-launch. Um, My view is kind of like, it's like art, right? You're going to have, the classics are always going to be worth something. Someone is always going to want the launch shirt because it's tied to DCL. It's a historical piece. And whether it's ugly compared to the really awesome stuff that users are now able to create, it's still kind of like people pay tons of money for shirts that say Supreme on them, right? And and those are ugly, but they are worth a ton of money because someone's describing some greater aspect. It's almost like an art piece. It's a statement. It is what it is. So I do think we can move towards a free market and have that be the goal without completely destroying the existing market and upsetting expectations if people want to invest. And I, I say that as probably someone with probably among the top three to five you know, people in terms of having numbers of wearables. And I would probably in the short run be someone who would stand to lose a lot from that. But I think in the long run, um, I I think it, it, uh, it makes sense to go to a free market. I just think it will take some time to get there. And I think it will. I mean, even just creating wearables that actually work in world is a significant challenge that I don't think people realize they would. The developers would have to do a significant amount of kind of dumb proofing the builder or whatever they're using to create the wearables in order to make them work with the current explorer or futures versions of the explorer
0: i want to challenge you a little bit clark on on the the statement you made about the bitcoin glasses i don't understand the logic that if somebody makes a bitcoin glass glasses why the original bitcoin glasses value will go down what's the logic behind that
6: well I think it depends on the utility of having the original, right? So if, if the idea is you want to go to an event and like today I was, I went to um, the uh, the Rosa was having a DJ at the conference center. Mm-hmm. There were, you know, a handful of people there. And I was kind of cycling through my cool wearables that I have. And it was fun to kind of show off like these different designs that like people probably haven't seen before because they are one of four they They're you know, one of five or there, you know, there's only a couple of them in circulation. And so it's like kind of cool to have that uniqueness. As soon as someone else is able to, um, to, to mint that and, and wear exactly the same looking design, that loses its value, right? It's like a, a knockoff Louis Vuitton and the same reason why people, you know, try to control that. Because if you've got every single person walking around with a Louis Vuitton purse, if 90% of them are knockoffs, the people who were originally going to buy the 10% that aren't are no longer going to buy those because they can no longer make the same sorts of statements that they were able to make with the brand. Um, and it's just, I mean, frankly, it's illegal. I think that's another point. You know, it's a violation of copyright law. Um, and and there could be ramifications logistically for both the foundation and the platform. And, and just, you know, as a lawyer, a copyright lawyer, I've seen how much of a pain it can be? Just you get one person pissed off, and they take legal action, and it just creates a
3: nightmare. You isn't, know, trying to deal with everything.
0: Isn't that the value of the NFT though? Mm-hmm.
3: And the blockchain infrastructure in itself, meaning like the ledger is completely open and it's all record. Yeah, if you have
0: the yeah, original don't glasses, so. if you have the original I glasses, think, I mean, and and it looks the same as the the guy copying you. I mean, you you're gonna pay the ten thousand mana for the original glasses, not the copyright.
6: Y- you may. Um, but if, if the utility is that it can distinguish you in worlds, and that is part of, if it's not just that you're collecting something that's authentic, but you're also sure. collecting something that can be displayed. I think art's a, a good example too, right? People display art in their, their crypto, you know, whatever. Any piece of art that's currently displayed, I can go take a picture, put it in Blender, make right. a model and put that same thing. On my property right now. That's a violation of copyright law. It is what it is. No one's going to enforce that right now. But what happens when you're displaying a piece of art that you paid ten thousand dollars for? You don't want, you know, every single other person to be able to just take that copy it and put it on, you know, on their property. And because there is a certain amount of uh, exclusivity and scarcity, so I mean, you're right. To the extent that you're talking about being able to trace the origin on the back end, mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. NFTs do solve something. But again, I go back to kind of the Louis Vuitton purse example, right? When you buy it on eBay, if someone sells you a fake purse, it's going to sell for like, it's going to be 50 bucks, it's going to be 30 bucks, it's going to look real, but they're not going to be able to verify the authenticity of it. So we kind of already have that in the real world to the extent you, know, you have honest sellers and not honest sellers, but uh, it's the same concept, right? It's not so much that people aren't going to be able to distinguish them when purchasing them. It's that they're not going to be able to distinguish them when they're being displayed in the world, which will drive down kind of the coolness and the value of having the the, the real one. Mm. Just like I think, so if if
2: People were, don't care to have same a face like they, they,
1: Yeah. If they were the same size. If they looked exactly the same. They fit on your face the same way. Then they'd be completely indistinguishable from whatever that was going on.
0: You know, I think utility um, is the most key word here because if the utility is just visual, then yeah, you're going to have copies and the guy copying you is going to look exactly like your $50,000 mana glasses, right? Uh, but yeah. like if you go into Decentral Games, go into their casino and he says, hey, you know, if you, uh, you know, you end up making, you know, 50,000 mana today, you get this t-shirt and this one will make you glow, right? My t-shirt mm-hmm. will make you glow. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that provides some utility that only happens within his casino. Um, and yeah, so, but I, I could want to glow just as bad as I want to have these things on my face. No,
7: that, yeah, But what if someone else makes a, a, a wearable that glows exactly like how he wants it to be?
4: Well, the, I guess it would be tied to my my scene, though, right? Exactly. Um, it's well, so only in your
7: scene. Your scene. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're the right. only one that recognizes it. That's your right. scene's the only one that recognizes it. Exactly. But I don't I think I, people I, want yeah. to just wear these in specific scenes, though. Like, we have meetups yeah. everywhere, no, but, but right? No, I'm, so I'm
0: when talking about the utility of it. Like for example, you, you have copies of the same shirt, right? The Central Games T-shirt, right? I won fifty thousand mana at his casino. You walk into his parcel. The guy that's faking doesn't glow, but the guy that actually won the fifty thousand mana actually glows. And, but that's what I mean. What that's saying, really, but we
1: want to we want to glow at the conference. <laughs> 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 so,
0: so you want to glow outside of his? Yeah, but casino. you can verify the <laughs> authenticity by going onto his land. That's and that's the point. Is that? you can showcase that this is the authentic t-shirt versus somebody glowing at the conference, right? That's not, it's not the same authenticity, even though it has the same functionality.
1: Well, here's the thing about wearables. And I think this we're trying to get across to you is that this, the wearables thing is a style thing in game. And it's kind of like a thing that you do to kind of show other players in game that you 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 got some style. So it would be really like specific to your business to want to just have people get, only value on your parcel from your wearable
8: well, and yeah.
1: almost devalue the only by, value. to the user because you'd be like all right cool but i'm not going really to to get that i'm gonna get one of somebody else's that i can wear everywhere and does the same thing everywhere
4: i think he was just saying like it would just be authenticated on on that specific I, I parcel It'd be kind of, i mean i, I get, yeah, I get
1: it, the it, concept but what i'm saying it, is yeah. like what i'm saying is the, the the general like the reason why we get wearables
3: is to wear them around
6: yeah. yeah. And I, I think, I mean, just from an authenticity standpoint, I don't think you even need the use case because of what you're saying before. However, I do think what you're saying is going to drive value. There will be some wearables that are driven yeah, by their do, utility yeah, yeah. on certain parcels. For example, like um, if, yeah, or, or, I yeah, mean, it, and like I, I, I don't know, but like, let's, let's envision a scenario where someone takes up 20 parcels and they build uh, a, a game where you, you battle each other, right? A big uh, dual arena. Mm-hmm. And the wearables that they create give your character certain properties and make them stronger or bigger or whatever it is. Okay. That only works on your land, And so if you have, uh, you're going to be able to maintain authentic- authenticity that way because you're the one coding the wearable, you're the one distributing the wearable, and it's in a closed kind of circuit. And so, I mean, the idea there then becomes, okay, you're you're kind of having pockets of centralization within decentraland and and you're able to control on the micro scale and prevent some of the abuses that we were talking about that might be there in a free market on the macro scale um i don't I, i'm also not a believer in like kill an idea over one potential problem i like i you know i i think the the idea of a free market is feasible and you can control for copyright and you can control for you know, duplication, and you can control for all sorts of things like that. Um, I think it's harder when it's just a total free for all. But I don't think that that's a reason to kill the idea of a free market. Um, I, I, I do think that what Frankie's saying is true. I just I don't think that we should allow copying. And I do think I mean, your question, I think originally was why would it affect the value? And that's just kind of my stance on why I think it would affect the value. I don't think there's no way to to, to work around it i don't think that a, a solution can't be proposed
0: yeah that's that's now, fair um
1: dennis question have you done the coding for wearables yet like have you coded one onto a character that moves around
9: you, you mean smart contracts or no no or like have
1: you have you actually the like, visual kind of the visuals yeah
9: yeah, okay, yeah okay. All, all the wearables are 3d already yes
1: they are yeah, yep so what I'm asking, though, is is have you um, implemented the code in order to make them, like, walk with the character and, and what have you? I know, Boss, you've done that before, yeah?
4: I've been around with it. I haven't – I actually – because I got the document, like, a long time ago because right? I've been bugging the DCL team to let us wear um, wearables for, like, months. I wanted to make them back in, like, Q4. Um, but they've been kind of pushing it off, obviously. But they – I haven't, like, coded it onto the um, – onto, like, a character. I'm just interested to I don't see how, how difficult
1: that is as opposed to, like – Deploying land, you know, are we talking something like this ten times as hard, you know? And as the I don't think person, it's going to be that hard. Able to do it? You know? I don't think
4: it's I don't think it's going to be that hard. You just have to all follow right. their specification, I believe, and um, if you just follow it, like in terms of a design um, perspective, I think it should be pretty pretty straightforward to just put uh, so it in so all together. has a
1: lot a lot to do with the armature in, in uh,
2: Blender. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's I can. Do you guys have that document? I think they shared it a while while back. Uh, TJ, do you do de- yeah. do you design any wearables yet, TJ, or are you just uh, like no, building for land?
5: I'm, I'm waiting for the magic document. I <laughs> <No. know. laughs> <was> because <about. laughs> I've been with the same thing. Like I can make the 3D model, but I can't parent it to the character to make it move, which is the whole point of wearables. Exactly. So mm-hmm. when they release that magic source, then we'll all be able to do that, It'll create yeah. some cool stuff.
3: Yeah. What, so about, you, an, what about what uh, about avatar animations? Is this is like yeah. part of the same debate? Yeah, yeah, like, uh, yeah. oh yeah.
1: <laughs> like like a
3: uh, user
4: created emotes. Yeah, you know? yeah or the, like,
1: Will said he Will said he can make the guy breakdance. Yeah, I
3: want
8: to see.
1: <laughs> yeah, I would because, pay money.
4: I would pay Mana for that. Yeah, like, me better, too. <laughs>
1: as soon as Will me drops too. his breakdance, I'm getting Will's <laughs> breakdance. Yeah, man. For <laughs> really.
4: Yeah, because the way that these
0: avatars work is that they have a bone structure, and then once you take exactly, that yeah. bone structure and you animate it, then you just. Export in, then you have a new emote. Yeah, it would actually be really
6: easy, I would imagine, if they released the code. It would be, I mean, it'd be as easy as animating any 3D
5: model that's rigged.
6: That's right. And so, I, I, yeah. Yeah, AJ
5: disagrees. Something that already exists. Right. And obviously, you've also got to bear in mind that whatever the wearable that you're making. The textures and the materials have to be light enough so that they load as quickly mm. as your avatar runs and jumps and disappears mm. or shoots or whatever. I think it's. Yeah. I think they'll put out specifications that are quite easy to follow, but I don't think it's a small feat to, to put those documents together or to put wearables together.
6: Sorry, I thought we were talking about uh, emotes. I was saying that if if we could, uh, yeah, same, uh, the same. Is it is it harder to? Because I totally get it with the wearables. I just thought that the animations were super light anyway. So I didn't realize that like, if you have, if you have a, a, an avatar that's rigged and you can apply an animation to it, is there any reason why those animations would be kind of burdensome on, on the system?
5: It could definitely add to the lag. It would depend on the amount of animations. You could certainly add a few without having great impact on the gameplay. But if we all had the ability to create our own emotes and all to upload them, I think that would completely override the system, at least at its current capacity. But it would yeah, be that'd really... Be, that'd cool be an
1: easy fix, though, because you could just, um, like, like, say, you could have four, you know? So I have one, two, three, four, and I can load different four. So yeah, instead of wave, different. like, I don't want wave, you know, I want breakdance, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, maybe mm-hmm. there could be a
5: library and you can choose which emotes Snap you want and forward. you can download different ones. It yeah. would work.
2: Yeah, I want to be able to like when I let's just say like when I went big at the casino, I want to be able to like pull a bottle of champagne out of nowhere and like pop it off <laughs> in front of everyone. <laughs> yeah. And like yeah. kind of like, like show off that way, like kind of combine uh, wearable. That's one of the things me and emotes. Swiss were talking
1: about earlier was like 3D models that are not going to be wearable. That would be kind of something you might want, like a champagne bottle
7: or part of the um, emoting the animation case. process.
2: Or, like, can I, like, tip my cap or something like that to someone when they walk up to me? Like, stuff like that I think would be really cool. And when we don't have voice chat, it's, like, a nonverbal method of communication.
1: Everything's nonverbal. I (laughs) know. Just, like...
2: I know. I know.
0: Yeah, I want to go crazy with the emotes. Like, I want to have, like, a monster just, Mm -hmm. like, emerge Mm -hmm. and just, like, flex on people. Uh, Just something (laughs) ridiculous, like... I mean, we we don't have to be limited to our bone structure. We can have something else, like just appear behind us, or you know, appear I mean, in front of us, you know, anything. Yeah, do you guys know
1: devil and uh, you know, the yeah, you know the exactly angel of the Do devil you remember
2: when that? they first announced avatars, and there was a bunch of people that were upset because they wanted to be like anything they they could in the world, like yeah. they wanted to walk oh, around as yeah. like monsters and stuff, and they were upset that that's it was the sec- just that's the second life.
3: Yeah. Second mm-hmm. Life, uh, I think that's like the, the day, you know, yeah, that was a huge yeah. debate. I was a huge yeah, I went to debate.
1: Second Life the other day, dude. was like a, a giant Hulk, there was a you know, like a demigod. I could, I was a vampire for a little while, like,
8: yeah, you know, Captain.
1: Yeah. Have you been to Second Life? You have you, uh, I
5: haven't, but now I want to go. You have to take
1: the field <laughs> trip, it's worth it.
5: Okay. You'll stand hey, around for
1: 25 your, minutes, you'll, you'll go crazy because it's basically like you got Blender right in there, mm-hmm. yeah. KJ, like, like, like,
2: what's your
8: background?
2: Have you done <laughs> um, <laughs> everyone's. Keep asking Maddie, I want to hear that too yeah <laughs>
7: <laughs> sorry i was I was asking KJ and I'll probably ask Dennis as well. Uh, what's your background in terms of the online virtual worlds? Have you done them before, or is this like your first first experience
5: oh, in this, this is sort of actually my first online virtual world? For sure, it's been a really? completely new experience for me in terms of online gaming and the whole decentralized system cool. I actually, I'd heard nothing about it, and I went out for a coffee one day and met mm-hmm. Chimpunk, who was kind of just raving to everyone about how amazing Decentraland was and the kind of foundations that it was based on. And I was listening and thinking, this is really cool. And he was saying, oh, we need 3D modelers. At which point I was like, hey, (laughs) we need to talk.
0: You physically ran into Toonpump. That was just
5: the beginning of the rabbit hole for me. And then people started talking about Second Life and all these other metaverses that exist. And I just feel like I found the niche that I'm really interested in. I think it's Mm -hmm. fantastic.
7: Awesome. I think we should all do kind of meetups and exploration uh, things for Second Life and other online virtual worlds so we can all explore it together and give our yeah. thoughts it's on how so they funny. work. They're kind of fun when you start <laughs> yeah, to explore and they're insightful
1: as well. It's so fun, yeah. <laughs> Like the three of us. Who was it? Me, Maddie, Iron Man. Where, where were you with us?
0: No, nah, I wasn't there.
1: We did, we did a little, yeah. little field trip. That shit was hilarious. And I think That's we were
7: right. stuck for twenty minutes because we just couldn't change our shirt, and we all looked exactly the same. We didn't know how to change
0: it. <laughs> our, our last roundtable was in um in Second Life, so we have oh, that right, recording yeah. just released today. It, right? yeah. So if you want to watch it. <laughs> yeah, I
2: forgot about that.
0: Uh, yeah. Oh, so, no. Dennis, you want to talk about your background? How would you get into Decentraland?
2: I'm doing this so backwards
9: right now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm uh, I'm here since ICO. Oh, really? Oh, so,
2: so, yeah.
9: So,
2: so yeah, yeah, uh, quite, quite, uh, are quite you involved? In, Sorry. Are you involved in anything else right now, or uh, just Decentraland in terms of like metaverse projects and NFT? Yeah, it's, it's my it's it's my first.
9: Uh, first metaverse project
2: and my business is uh, mostly
9: offline mm-hmm. so i was hoping just to observe how the uh, this evolves but at some point i understood that uh, only observing won't help
2: <laughs> so
0: mm-hmm.
9: we have to do something <laughs> <laughs>
2: exactly <laughs> and as you had one of the first like successful free and fun meetups when we recreated that music video
9: yeah what, what was, was it, what
2: yeah what was the name of that music video again? It's slipping my mind right now, but I had the song stuck in my head for like two weeks. Yeah, <laughs> it was so it catchy was, It was uh Russian band little big little Big that's right that's right yeah yeah, yeah that yeah. was fun. We had like thirty people, and that was probably what all the way back in March that was like maybe a week or two after the launch
9: mm-hmm.
2: but uh, I don't know it's all kind of blending together right now for me
9: yeah I think it was the end of march
2: end of March okay end of March, yeah. Yeah, it oh, yeah. was a quick uh, quick
9: decision. Uh, the My technical partner in, in Dubcraft, Sanya, Sanya GK, he he okay. did that scene, I don't know how, how many hours he spent, but the Russian community caught it very quickly and wow, we want to do it. <laughs>
2: cool. Yeah, that, cool. that, that, that was fun. <laughs> it was. Really. It was. Yeah. The video editing with it too was uh, pretty cool. It was fun to see it all on YouTube. Like the first like joint thing and decentral all of us together recreating something from the real world It was pretty yeah, cool to yeah. be a part of yeah. That actually
7: motivated, have, yeah no i was just gonna say that that actually motivated me and i think others to have more events on the aspect of fun because when i saw mm-hmm. that i was like oh we need more kind of just hanging out fun doing silly things um sort of contest and that's why i had the or we had the um fashion contest because it was just Mm -hmm. you just jump in the world and you look at each other and you laugh at what people are wearing and hopefully i think we need more of those sort of things that we just jump in and you know there's no real
9: tower the
1: meme tower came from that same um vein yeah the meme tower me and maddie just joking and the next thing you know we're making a meme tower
9: Mm -hmm. and and this uh, scene with little big it had a continuation my daughter is uh, she's studying uh, show business and she used that scene, uh, in the management course for show business. And she, I think she, she got uh, the highest grade for that. That's good. good. <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, the Dubcraft is, uh, is my first, uh, idea in, in, the, in the online and metaverse business. And of course, uh, my partners, Sanya, he was doing all the technical stuff and then we got stuck because uh, his knowledge wasn't enough to, to continue so now we have a third third guy in our team and i hope that uh, things will move further with him. Uh, this is the guy may- maybe you you saw a shop inside the world like mannequins standing with their hands and oh yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. They are they land. Land. yeah yeah yes yes we are land so oh, okay. so we we are he is in our
6: team now. Nice, awesome. Yeah. he's figured, yeah, he
7: figured out a way to uh, integrate payments straight from Decentraland, I think,
6: right? Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. That code. And, was really, I tried. I approached him about that code early on, and uh, he was keeping it nice and tight. <laughs> um, but I, that code is amazing. I, I actually think that code is coming to the builder in uh, in the near future. So that's gonna be that's gonna be really cool. Hmm. So,
9: what else was uh, the other experience I had? I tried to find uh, someone to pay, well, not a big amount of money, but just to, to pay to finish our scene. And it was quite difficult because people don't want to learn something new for a short project. And uh, so we, we we really needed someone interested and motivated and yeah. uh, w- working not for money now but maybe for money somewhere in the future okay
0: um yeah it's important like one of the things that we always talk about is is the whole money aspect that needs to be sustainable so i totally uh understand like you know the difficulty in that dennis so uh i i feel that pain and you know one of the things that uh we always talk about is once we make this sustainable, like, you're going to see Decentraland become something that we can't even imagine. And the same thing that iMan has talked about, like, for, I guess, ages now, is Decentraland is at a point where Ethereum, when they first started, nobody really understood, like, its its use case. But once you get developers involved, like, they start making things that you couldn't have thought of, like DeFi, you know, and, and ICOs and all this stuff. and and that's why we're here. That's why we're in Decentraland, because we feel like this could be the next thing, at least in in for for gamers right now that who spent, you know, a decade playing World of Warcraft all for nothing. Right. The, the next generation that plays, you know, a decade worth of Decentraland, they might be worth, you know, over one hundred thousand dollars USD. Right. In mm-hmm. ten yeah. years. Red,
1: uh, red nitrous talks about that a lot because he's uh, I don't know if everybody yeah, the here knows 18, that is. Right? Red, 18, 18 year old kid. Never spent a dime in Decentraland, but he has Mythics, he has land, and you know he talked about that the other day. We were just, I think we were just bullshitting in the chat, and he's like, "Yo, I could go play any of these other games, or I can be in Decentraland, probably doing something a little more productive." You know, mm-hmm.
4: who's Whether this? Actually, you know, Red Nitrous. Red Nitrous. Red Nitrous. Yeah. All
3: right. Yeah, yeah he that aligns <laughs> with that aligns with my like overall grand vision of Decentraland. Meaning, whenever we meet you, and a uh, Maddie. Went to Second Life. <laughs> the biggest thing I noticed is how expensive everything was over there, and I didn't mm. want to. I didn't want to load up my wallet with Linden dollars. I wanted to no. look for opportunities to earn those Linden dollars so I can kind of like create my own virtual existence. You know what I mean? And they
1: have that, right? They have jobs.
3: I believe it's, that's pretty much what I'm driving at. Yeah, I think yeah. that, that's that's like
1: a, in in World jobs that you can actually stand there and be like the guy on the counter. I was on the bar. I don't think I was getting paid though. I think I was just doing
8: that.
3: Yeah, <laughs> but I think that that I think that's an essential like uh element of our economy that developers aren't uh thinking of yet or addressing meaning like the casual experience for a, a starter user where you mm. could just literally jump into the world and and start from zero exactly like red nitrous yeah. and there's plenty of opportunity available to where you could start earning cryptocurrency mm. and spending yeah. that cryptocurrency that you've acquired through your experiences mm. on whatever the fuck whether it's you want to mm you know swag out on wearables you want to become the next real estate tycoon whatever the fuck yeah yeah Yeah. but i think i I like that i
1: like that uh, that whole general idea of you know because it it really as somebody who's been dumping money on games for 25 years or whatever you know it's like you you don't you do it like kind of like mindlessly you're just like yep spent the money on the game oh i need some more things from the game spend some money on that
8: that was and they do it option. again in
1: in a, in a year. They do, they release the same game yeah. a year later. You're like, mm, same exact money back, you know. And you, you never see a return on. It. Not that you're like looking for a return, but you're like, but you're given the opportunity now to own the thing. You're like, yeah, I'll do that. You know, it's, it's really easy a concept for a game. It yeah, is. I agree.
4: But I mean, I think to like wrap it into kind of what we were discussing at the start of the call is, I think the key to this creating this um, type of user experience where where anyone any developer of any game can reward their earliest core users and, mm-hmm. um, you know, in, enable them to make profit is directly just wearables. Because right now, I mean, like for us, at least, like we've been giving away a bunch of mana, a bunch of NFTs that we had to buy. I mean, I had, to, I got some from Toon Punk, um and some other people that donated, but you know, we had to acquire all that monetary value and we're giving it away. But if every team that's making any game or any like event um, you know, location can just mint wearables and that directly enables, you know, users to just be able to profit by just participating.
2: You know? 100% mm-hmm.
0: agree. Yeah. yeah. Another
4: another thing I wanted to, to discuss
9: is uh, the idea of uh, digital physical variables. So that's oh, yeah. where the... Uh,
1: yeah, I love that. Yeah. That's something I've been all over since day one. Yeah,
9: that's where um, the the scarcity gets really... Uh,
1: and then you can do really bigger things. Like I had made the example, like let's say we wanted to um do a release for the air diors, right? And you put a a tag on the air Dior's that was uh that would link it to the NFT itself. So like there would be an NFT that represented that tag. So it tells you, okay, that air dior is this air dior, you know, it's whatever, it could even say the size and everything, but it you know gives it a number. Okay, that's the number one, that's the number, you know, one of a one of a thousand up to whatever a thousand and then you'd have to come in game in order to like buy those things so that so like you know when they do these releases for these shoes or whatever that are rare they'll like okay they'll have a store in japan a store in new york a store in la a store in england somewhere you know i mean and it's like it's like one store all over the world they all get like 250 of them. right you know I mean? and then people pile up at the door and they wait for these things so if you could do that in Decentraland, and people were actually getting that item there was the rare item that they were looking for, and then there's a, a way to verify it on the blockchain. I think that people eventually would really grasp on that concept, and I think that could be a big concept. Yeah,
9: that, that's one idea. But the other idea, I talked to several friends, uh, designers, mm-hmm. and uh, one of them is quite famous, one uh, girl mm-hmm. uh, with uh, 70,000 followers on, Insta- on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And they, they are all interested in selling in new ways, in new ways. New ways of selling their 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 things, so you were saying about the digital copy of the of the of, of the Uchi or whatever yeah, yeah, but yeah. what I'm saying is the physical copy of the digital one <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: I guess I'm saying both yeah. ways, so it would be like <laughs> like the physical thing would have like do you know how have you ever seen how v chain goes about doing their supply chain uh,
7: w- which one v chain Mm-hmm. So, B chain is a Chinese supply right?
1: chain company, yeah. And what you would do is you like you like they do it with they do it with wine. Um, so, because like wine kind of feeling was huge in 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 China, for, uh, you know, I guess it is huge. So they put these labels on these wine bottles, and they're um, something you can scan with your phone, and then you can verify its whole history back to the grape on on the blockchain.
8: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, something similar you could just do with the NFT. If you were to have like, again, some sort of code that was like scannable. And then that, once you scan that, it brought you to the, to the NFT that was verifying what that physical item was.
9: Mm-hmm. Uh, did you see Metafactory present uh, their project, Dennis, in our business conference? I didn't see it in the conference, but I saw the Medium article uh, earlier about Metafactory. Yes. Mm-hmm. So is Metafactory something that you're, what you're referring to? Well, they have, as I understood, they have a bigger idea, like uh, creating fashion uh, brands. Uh, but uh, yeah, basically, but yeah, basically, the concept
7: is when you buy the merchandise in the real world, you'll get an NFT version of that that you can take to Crypto Voxels, Decentraland, etc., as a wearable that looks exactly like that merchandise, and it's all scarcity based. I'm, I'm not sure if the merch- the real world merch, is scarce along with the digital. But there's that sort of connection they're trying to make. Um, I think,
3: uh, is it also like a way to crowdsource funding for like, you know, actual real world clothing projects? Uh, you know what I mean? Where That's kind of what I understood from the uh, presentation. Oh. Where is there like split ownership in that brand for people who purchase those uh, that clothing? Um, thought, you know
1: what? Now that you say that, because when I read the thing on the website, I, I had something of that flavor on there. I, I couldn't
7: understand it.
3: Yeah, it's almost like an I like every time you purchase these uh, wearables, it's almost like you're purchasing like an ICO token for this clothing brand. Yeah, yep. then, oh, yeah,
7: they had some sort of thing about just like share delegation yeah. or something. I didn't understand that part of the auction process. I know that, um, so Drew, he's all about um, the DAO and getting community people to vote for building the project. So I think he's got an element of that in the Metafactory somewhere. Yeah, I thought that was fascinating. Yeah, let's take a look at this. So let's yeah, try to I figure out. I love this jacket. This jacket, jacket is sick. It's yeah, reversible. I love the. It's pretty cool. The yeah, so yeah, way I that it's built. I would buy it. I would, I would I mean, buy that. This would be the inside. Yeah, I <laughs>
1: yeah. believe me, I would too. But
7: um, would you buy it to represent it in the real world or the digital world? That's the question. I like the real
2: uh, world version. I, yeah,
3: I, I would wear yeah.
1: that.
7: Yeah. yeah, I
2: wear yeah. my Block Runner hoodie out in the real world. <laughs> Hell yeah! I get some. I get some looks. I I some I'm I'm
1: getting one of those. <laughs>
2: I got um, I got five of five hoodies, five T-shirts that I could send right. out to some people if you guys want them. Yeah, I'll send you. I'll send you some. Uh,
1: yeah. um, so it says shared ownership of MF brand, uh, cap at minimum amount for sudden death at auction. See about uh, the bombers reversal. So it kind of just says, but uh, the shared ownership. I'm not 100% what that means of the MF brand. I think that's what you're talking about, man.
3: Yeah, exactly. So mm-hmm. okay, they're they kind of like raised crowdfunding the, the branding of this clothing line. And if mm-hmm. it turns out to be a big success, does that mean you share the revenue of that? I think uh, so. I mean, I'd imagine, right? A
1: shared ownership. I mean, if I'm owner, I don't get revenue. I'd be going, you know, then I'd be going crazy. Hey, what do you think, yeah. Clark?
3: <laughs> that
0: sounds like uh, violating some uh, SEC rules, maybe. Uh,
3: damn, uh, well, why do you have to bring that into it? <laughs> 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 God damn, Clark, uh, dude. <laughs> That's a clock topic. Yeah, yeah, we lawyer here.
8: Jump in, Clark. Perfect. Jump in, Clark. Yeah. Right
7: <laughs>
6: I mean, the the, the, the the SEC yeah. <laughs> can shut this whole thing down whenever they want to. That's that's yeah. the reality of the crypto space, man. It's uh, the SEC is playing nice right now. You know, I think that there's other regulatory bodies kind of, you know, doing what they what they can. I actually, about two years ago, handled um, an SEC subpoena uh, for for an ICO that was uh, it, it was it was sticky. And the the coin, you know, the the creators were seriously concerned, and the the questions they were asking were uh, very difficult for them to answer. Um, and and this particular um, coin did a uh, had had a major law firm do their ICO, and there were still a ton of issues with how it was done. So the reality of whether these are securities, um, getting into that debate, it's. You know, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how that, that regulatory aspect plays across the space as a whole. I think one of the cool things about Decentraland, though, you know, kind of going back to that, this is kind of, you know, I, I would imagine this is also not going to going to be an issue. Um, maybe, you know, the SEC could look at this and be like, oh, it's just a front. No one actually wants the, the clothes, but I don't think for $500, you know, that that's going to be, you, know, you could imagine paying $500 for a jacket like that. Mm-hmm. So I don't think yeah. that, that, that you would have that issue necessarily. Um, I, I always, one thing I did like about the Central and Mana is that um, it, it, of all the cryptocurrencies to me, it is one of the ones that looks the least amount like a security um, that, uh, yeah, I mean, it, and I'm obviously not giving any kind of legal advice, but um, the, the 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 fact that it has such a strong use case in world and it's so um far disjointed from uh i mean you know it's a cryptocurrency right just like any other people are buying it because they want to see it it appreciate you know when the platform takes off um but i think you know unlike many other cryptocurrencies the fact that it's the the base currency for the world uh, may put it in a very different category which i think is a as an interesting thing to explore, should everything go south? But if if that happens, guys, we're going to be having a very different conversation. Um, <laughs> the whole crypto space will be will be in a very different place uh, if if the regulators start to crack down. So, you know, this this will be but small fish. Say um,
7: the regulators crack down on say the Mana token. Well, then can't decentraland make the switch to some other other sort of currency movement? At the end of the day, the NFTs are there, the platform is there, and we can keep building our stuff. Um, I, I think they
6: can. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's they can and I think the, the platform will survive um past, you know, any kind of thing like that. I also think that the SEC will have much bigger fish to fry um mm-hmm. based on the securities aspect of it. Now <laughs> that's where I get kind of concerned about other things that the platform could do to piss off regulators. And so I, I've always been kind of a preacher for, look, you know, we're all on such gray area anyways, that like, let's not massively violate the law. Like let's not, let's control pornography, for example, on the platform, because if you don't, you're going to get the attention of certain regulators. I think gambling is another huge one that it's, it's putting a bullseye on the platform. And I think there's a huge potential for return and a huge boost, but it has to be 100% done correctly. If it's done wrong, every regulator will, will shut it down in the minute and they can because they control the, the platform, the Explorer would shut down. Um, it would, it would be ugly if, if the regulators um, especially the United States, because they like to overstep um, that it would be ugly if, if, if we pissed off the wrong,
0: but well, what if they can't platform? shut it down, Clark?
6: Um, well, I think that uh, it's tough, right? Because it, it could get there. I think there's probably a technological way to do it. Um, I think that being able to shut it down and being able to um, to stop it and 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 insert your 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 authority into it, for example, going after the the team and going after the founders um, and going after the developers and going after the the people who are hosting content servers and, and issuing some sort of takedown, um, I, I think that's all possible. I, I think there's probably, I mean, there's a lot of smart, really crazy coding that's happening on the back end. So maybe there's a way to to keep it from being shut down from, a motivated government agency, but I would be uh, I would be very surprised if we got there, and I would I would strongly caution against it if I was advice. I think, advised.
0: I think that's why we're here. I think uh, Decentraland is going to be closer to Tor. It's going to be closer to um, those uh, BitTorrent, all that stuff where anything pretty much goes, and it really can't be shut down. And the only way to shut down is to go after all the people running the servers for Decentraland and it's now a single location yeah. uh, it's not like that well it is like that today right uh boss
4: yeah i mean we're one of um yeah obviously i understand here in terms of um you know we really took that into consideration when we were set up all of our um, operations like our servers um, our legal entity um you know where where our founders are are based um and really looked at all like the licensing um issues and we actually got green lights from pretty some pretty large um, firms um, for our legal structure, which was really good to see um, because we're raising a seed um, round right now. And um, hopefully, I mean, hopefully we'll be able to um, release information like on that. But we did get the green light from US-based funds that um, are pretty well known in, in crypto. Um, so that was good to see because you know everything that we do um on the gambling side of things is completely legal from our standpoint um in terms of blocking u s users and blocking we have an entire list of like white listed and blacklisted jurisdictions that we strictly enforce through an IP grab when the user uh, tr- tries to deposit any type of uh, monetary value to our to like network. so we block pretty much i mean obviously people can use VPNs, but you know the same can be said about any you know gambling platform online. But um, we do do the best practices to enforce um, the law. And so, yeah, I think, I mean, from that standpoint, we aren't breaking any any laws in the US. Um, and then, you know, in terms of actually serving the content, I don't know where all the different nodes are, but our node is based in our physically, um, in our location, in our jurisdiction, uh, which is Costa Rica. Um, and it runs on our server there physically. Um, so, I mean, there's lots of, you know, servers that run there that, that support all types of gambling sites. Um, Some that you know completely blatantly break the law and then just serve you know American um uh, customers,
8: mm-hmm. but yeah. you know,
4: I think and and so yeah, I mean, it, it's an issue, and I think, um, you know, I, I think if they really wanted to go after us, they could try, but I think it would be really hard just because, um, what Will said it's like it's stabilized. and I think that's it's part of the reason why a lot of people are involved with the central ed and, it, and it provides you know, that safety from regulation. Um, right. and, so, yeah, I think it's, it's an integral part of, of the community is being, um, you know, uh, censored, uh, not censorable in, in, in some ways. But I do agree with you. I mean, I don't, I personally don't want to like be walking around and see porn everywhere. You know, so. Agreed.
6: Well, I think the other side of that is you just talked about all the things that you did to do it right, right? And I think that that, I'm not suggesting we don't do it. I'm just saying we need to do it right. And, the, you know, the types of stuff that you did um especially with restricting users and, and blocking IP addresses and kind of structuring it the same way that other gambling platforms um would to, to, to kind of stay within the regulatory bounds, I think is is exactly what we have to do. And I'm definitely not suggesting that we don't do it. And frankly I hope that every single casino that we see pop up in the central land um does exactly what you're doing. And I guess my worry is that that's not what's going to happen and we're going to see coders, you know, know, just come in and start just, you know, you'll have your, 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 whatever uh, slot machines or whatever, because that's that, that doesn't seem like it's going to be as hard to code as it would be to clear in a regulatory way and do what you did, set up an entity in Costa Rica and and make sure that it's illegal. Like that's a lot of work, you know, dropping a slot machine that works is, is not, you know, so I'm I'm worried right, right, that the lazy yeah. ones will be what what creates the, the issue, and, and there's also issues. I'm, I'm looking yeah. at Frankie's screen right now with with video streaming. You know, we we I mean, you got to be careful because you don't want to piss off the wrong people. And so, yeah, I I'm not one for censoring, but I do think there has to be uh, some degree of ability to you know really go after and and quickly shut down the the bigger abuses just for reputational purposes
4: you know it, yeah. we don't how want how do you think the best way of doing that would be um, um how, how I do you this think is the real best debate. way of enforcing that yeah well I, I agree with you i obviously agree but you, there's a balance obviously with the um you know allowing freedom um and liberties and also like you know making the world a, a livable place yeah hang out.
6: well I think, I think there has to yeah. be a kill switch somewhere
4: um, on
0: censoring on that's partic- my opinion What's that? What's that? Crowdsource censoring.
6: Well, I think you could. But that's like I delayed, think, though. It is yeah, delayed. I think you, know, I think you like, crowdsource like- the, the, plat- the, the process. You know, you say, you say, okay, as a DAO, we're going to vote on a committee who is responsible for quickly responding to DMCA takedown notices, for example, um, which are just, you know, what a copyright holder submits to a platform when someone is violating their copyright so that the platform can maintain um, uh, some degree, in the United States at least, um, some degree of uh, lack of liability um, and immunity from liability for things that are posted by users on their website, like YouTube, for example. Mm -hmm. Um, There's definitely debates on that from a censorship perspective and how these companies employ that censorship. Um, But I think that you need to have those controls to a certain extent to really prevent the, the real abuses. You know, if we see something and people were talking about it on the forums and I thought it was, it's a bit of an extreme example, but people were talking about pornography and there should be a way to immediately take down pornography if it's video streaming on a, on a platform. And I don't think that's a reason to like green light censorship full scale. But I do think that, you know, if I, as a lawyer and I do this with YouTube and other, you know, uh, companies and platforms, if I, as a lawyer, go through the process of submitting a takedown notice for a copyright holder. And it's clear that the the landowner is violating that copyright. Those are laws you have to, you know, you have to deal with. And if it's a jurisdictional thing, you have to demonstrate that. And at the end of the day, um, there should be a way of, of, of controlling that. You know, the, the good part is there's ways to control without being overly controlling. And I think that you have to find a balance um, and, and, Stay within the laws, but also kind of promote the idea of you know not censoring things and free expression. So that's kind of my two cents on that.
0: Yeah, there has to be some technical way to do some sort of censoring because somebody yeah. is streaming pornography; it need to be taken down as swiftly and quickly and efficiently as possible. Uh, because yeah. it it messes with everybody's businesses, it creates a bad look on Decentraland, and it, it has the whole um silk road situation with with bitcoin right back in the day where bitcoin was only for drugs and prostitution um and we can't have that here because we're um we're more we have 10 years of of blockchain experience to not be like that right and so we should be able to find a technical way to deal with something like this you know if it ever comes to you know a reality
7: the good thing is that to be a part of this world you have to pay a pretty large amount of money so, yeah, that's like, what, not that's anyone can exactly get involved really like, yeah. and start doing stuff like that. People that yeah, are, are involved in this, yeah, yeah, people that are involved in this, you know, like, but these hopefully, it's not going to be as dude. common and as often as like open worlds where you can just log in, make an account, and pops up something up on the world.
0: Yeah, but oh, these people, my... these guys who are running these nefarious businesses, they have money. So, you know, six hundred dollar land.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, we're not saying it's out of their reach, you know, but you know, just a random you know
0: yeah a like troll, hopefully, you don't, build, you, hopefully the you don't build
1: that culture to start you know that's kind of what i'm saying yeah,
0: yeah. no yeah i totally agree a 600 dollars you know entry fee will stop trolls but mm. uh, uh but it wouldn't stop a, which a is like 80 percent of yeah. the issue like, yeah
1: yeah that's what i'm saying because it, it, it'd be like creating that culture then the the person with the money looking at it, like oh i can go in there and do my thing in there but if there's no culture for that, hopefully that person wouldn't think that that's something viable for them financially. Right? Yeah.
6: Well, if I could push back on that a little bit, and I think that the team will will origin will will take care of this. Um, at some point, the developers will take care of this. But uh, I think as the code stands right now, I could go and Maddie, you have you know probably what like a fifty something parcel estate somewhere, right? Like big ones, right? That you've invested a ton of money on. I could buy a single parcel within earshot range of that, you know, very easily code a very annoying sound and then play it on full volume. And that sound will resonate through your entire uh, estate. Mm -hmm. Would you, would you pay more than $600 to shut that sound off? If you are, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, managing this huge, huge estate, probably right. If, if there's no other way to take it down, if you can't go to someone and say, look, this is a clear abuse of the terms of use this is clearly or if there's no way to shut it down with coding you know that's something
1: we need to talk about as a community anyway the sound pollution you know because we started as mp3 sound and the mp3 sound was location based Mm -hmm. so when i was playing my music in my building it would play all the way to past the train and everything like so i'm on three four (laughs) five different people's parcels playing my music Mm -hmm. cool not really though right so you know um then, when streaming started, then it was like, "Okay, well it's just based on the parcel. that seems like way better now, obviously, you need um sound is like directed for like things within like you know like uh clicking the button and you hear the click sound or whatever. Mm-hmm. those things you would need for like um location sound, but the location sound shouldn't have to go to
6: ten parcels, like what needs to be that loud? Yeah, no, I agree, so? which is why I think they'll figure out a way around it. I think that's just like a bad example, but the, the same could be said, for example, with a sign, right? I could post a giant, ugly, obscene. Frankly, I could post something about you, right? If I don't yeah. like you personally, I could, and you own all this land. I buy up one little land next to you and post. And, and we've seen this. This isn't like some new concept. Second Life had a huge issue. That's when you find out what's up real Frank. <laughs> post <laughs> 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 so about me for real. <laughs> I start to travel. I, I'm worried about that. I think as you know, as I get bigger and bigger in land, I think it, mm-hmm. it becomes an issue that you worry about. Someone just putting something next to you and you not being able to have any say over what it is, especially if it's targeted. And and you know, people get creative a, about like a
1: baby version of that, that just, with a uh, crush. That's just part of
7: that? business, man. Yeah, right. It's part of business. Like people do that in the real world. So, yeah,
2: didn't uh didn't Johnny Crunch, Depp right? put on like oh. a inflatable gorilla on top of his roof that was flipping off his neighbor. Because the neighbor didn't want to <laughs> sell his, prop- his property to Johnny Depp. So Johnny Depp just put a bunch of ugly stuff up around his house to piss him off. It's
0: what a tactic, we- man.
2: Like I, th- yeah. I, think, I think it's a really fine line when we talk about... Um, I, I mean, obviously, there's some things we need to take care of, like pornography and stuff. But when we talk about uh, editing what people can and can't put on their parcels, what's to stop me from filing some sort of complaint if your parcel is successful and it's next to mine? like like that, yep. how, like how do we stop that if it's just a dao vote like you could totally hijack that and take advantage of it I so think i a, think a there's got to be something that we come to meet in the middle on somewhere i think there should be some members that have been
7: like approved to represent the community and like whitelisted to maybe there's like 20 of us members or 50 members mm-hmm. say that we know that are core and community members and they their weight also counts to the reporting process
2: mm-hmm. um Similar to Got the that like to the nodes set up like a yeah, mm-hmm.
1: like senate, you know,
3: essentially, course, UCF, yes,
2: whatever they
0: have. Yeah, I just I, wish I there think was that some that's technical where it's way. Go. Yeah, sorry, Clark. <laughs> I was I was no, just going to say um, I wish there was just a technical way of doing so, but I don't think there is. I think there, you're right. There has to be some committee that uh, has the band hammer already, like you know, locked and loaded, just in case something pops up. You know. Oh man, that sounds like the police. I don't want to be on that team.
1: <laughs> okay hold on I, I'm off topic I know this is just a kind of a jokey thing but who built that jail does anybody know who built this giant jail I'm gonna talk about this jail until this <laughs> jail yet. comes down we don't need a, jail. Jail?
7: Where? The one, a jail the one in Dragon City?
1: and I hate it already uh, the one in, it's, the jail? it's right across from Swiss's club they need to take yeah, it down that's right take across it from it my down. estate
6: too I hate it uh, they will take it down ooh. It's, uh, <laughs> that's Dragon City when, when they do their their design they're gonna take all that down
1: all right, all right. Good for uh, nice. that. That city I think, is supposed to be pretty cool. I looked at the design and stuff. So that's cool. Yeah. I, I'm excited for that. I mean, that it's super project. a builder project. It's not like it's nice, but I'm just
6: saying, like, it's a jail, and I don't like it. <laughs> they also have a <laughs> really annoying, loud um, alarm that you can hear from my estate every time it goes off. Uh, <laughs> it's, yeah. Actually, no, it's... I know about
1: that, because I went to that, like, I was there. I went there and messed around with it. I'm like, why is this? Like, why? There's, there's another project that has, like, a jail from... Like the, the developers and I think that's a ridiculous
8: thing
7: to talk about that. <laughs> Do we have any other specific topics we uh anyone wanted to bring up? I think we had a few that we listed down will, wasn't
8: it?
7: Mm.
0: Let me uh, check out chat. Well, I think we talked about it. Uh we talked about liability. Uh I think ultimately right now Decentraland isn't completely decentralized yet because there's some uh server aspects that uh, only the team controls right now. But the idea is this is going to come become more like uh, BitTorrent and, and Tor Networks and all that stuff where there's not one thing that you can shut down to really stop the central line, which, again, is why we're here. Um, and so I'd be interested to see, like, you know, once, you know, if, if somebody is running some sort of nefarious business, like, the only way is to stop the individual, like find the IP address, locate them. Um, you know, go to their internet service provider, see who they are, and uh, and and literally go and physically shut them down, and that would be technically the only way, of uh, the authorities can take down content. Um, and so, what
6: happens if decentraland.org goes down? Well, I'm asking because so I'm not sure how that would work. What would be the technical result?
0: So that's the point. The website would be down, but the decentraland world would stay up. How would, How
6: would you access, you access it?
0: Is I'm, I'm I'm asking. Well, it's just with the links, right? Uh, so, um, boss has his server; he's still running Decentraland. Um, there's probably like 40 other people running their servers. You would just. Which
7: URL would I have to go to to
6: access Decentraland?
0: Well, the current one, the current one right now.
6: Or
7: we build a client, a completely
1: third-party client that has nothing to do with any of that, and then we can just probably access it that way. Wait,
6: but the domain name isn't isn't central like the play dot decentraland dot. So that's yeah, that's routing back that's a good to... point.
0: That's a good point, Clark. So that domain name is is right now routing to the servers, and so once if you take down that domain name, yeah, you're you're completely taking down decentraland because there's no way to be routed to the correct server, right? So we have several f- servers. We're we're on run, one right now, Fenrir Amber, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So once we're able to decentralize this aspect, then it would be very difficult. It's possible to shut down Decentral, but very difficult.
6: So you're saying the access point is eventually going to be 40 different links? Mm. Is that an issue from an implementation? I mean, because the reality here is my understanding is we're going to a desktop client. And if we go to a desktop client, that is going to be, I mean, there's always going to be some aspect of centralization there. Um. So how how do you? I don't know. I, I I like your. I mean, I like the thought, right? of of getting it of getting it completely detached. But I wonder, you know, if that is best one for growth of the platform, because it seems like it would make it much much more difficult to to adopt, um, because people are used to just going to a website and having the website do the work for them. But
0: um. No, no. no. So how- so think about this. So the GitHub repository that holds all the updates and that holds all the uh, submit requests for updating the SDK, all kinds of stuff, right? And that is what servers are running, right, through that GitHub. So that is the central point. Uh, but just having, just shutting down GitHub won't, won't shut down the actual game. Now, once everything is decentralized, of course. Uh, right now, of course, if you shut down .org, it's it's over. Um yeah but uh but that's temporarily temporarily yeah because it could still be stood up because everything's on github right it's really up to the community it's our responsibility to keep this thing going once we lose interest and the majority of the population loses interest and yeah decentraland is no longer there but uh you know that's that's sort of the point of why we're here is that we're creating that interest we're we're making reasons to make decentraland a place people go to um and and so once things are decentralized, it is it is going to be difficult to completely shut it down. Like that's there there, there would be no way where decentralized just doesn't pop up on your computer anymore.
7: Do um other domains so like .eth <laughs> or .crypto do they work differently? Are they no those do they domains? It
0: it's it's like a business, right? They the those domains if the Ethereum um, organization shuts down, that domain shuts down, but that doesn't mean Ethereum shuts down. Right, they have separate communities. They have a community supporting the Ethereum GitHub, in other words. No, so that's
7: what I mean. So if we were to build um this URL for Decentraland on like a dot or a. Crypto domain. Yeah, you could. You could absolutely. Of,
0: yeah. yeah, you you just maintain it, and you you're a community member, and you're maintaining the uh, the actual website somewhere else. Then absolutely. Once. dot so Open and
7: NFT brought that up in the chat.
1: Yeah, look. yeah. And I, I uh, actually heard an interview with that guy today.
7: The guy from
8: Unstoppable,
0: yeah, domains me
1: too. And about, yeah, yeah. Um, cool. and he said something of that like they're going to be almost like all the way decentralized as a company soon, right?
0: Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean that that would be one way to do it. Uh, use the Unstoppable Domains to keep uh, the actual website up, but I don't see that as being as important as you know continuing to run the servers, right? Because you can still, yeah, yeah, yeah. but you you still need a pretty interface in order to onboard people that's the importance of the yeah. decentraland.org oh, I
6: see. yeah i think i mean the reality is there's always going to be the regulatory kill switch right like as we can we can talk about it as much as we want you know as as it'll be a decentralized world but you know you it, i think that there will be a number of people who continue to use it if the regulators still shut it down and they'll jump through hoops and they'll do Whatever it takes to get back on, but I don't think that you'll have the type of mass adoption that we're really hoping for for the platform. If it became this kind of taboo, like this is no longer supported by the regulators and that, you know, they've, they've taken actions to shut this down and they make it much more difficult, for example, to get licenses and, you know, whatever you need to do because it's affiliated with the platform. I think, I mean, I, I think it's much easier to think. Creatively about how do we avoid that situation where, you know, it gets shut down? Then it, because I think there's other reasons too, right? You have the foundation and you have 220 or so million mana tied up in the foundation and that mana is all owned by a central organization, right? So I don't think that, you know, at least for 10 years, there is deep pockets that could be gone after, um, and, and significant assets that could, that could be taken. By a regulator, if the regulator had a reason to do so, absolutely. Don't give it to them.
0: Hundred percent agree. Uh, the point of decentralization is not to support nefarious activities and not not to be able to shut them down. Uh, because once Decentraland is pitted as you know some sort of like underground uh, drug ring, then it's it's a bad deal for all businesses. Boss is not going to be able to get his his funding around. Nobody's going to be able to do anything because. It's like Pirate Bay. You go to Pirate Bay and you're liable to download, you know, viruses, right? So then people don't, won't go to Pirate Bay, right? So it's that, that's, you don't want to have regulation down your neck because you have activity that's not, you know, legal, right? That's so the point of decentralization is not to support that type of activity. The point is, is to have digital ownership that is uncensorable, um, and I, again, I think that's re- the real reason why we're here.
6: I think that's the reason why a subset of the community is here. Um, I think that there are very differing views on how this, I, I mean, I can tell you it's not why I'm here. Um, I, I think that what attracted me to this is the, the blockchain, uh, ownership of land. I thought that that was an amazing idea for the, for a metaverse and a digital space. And, and I think that that solves a huge issue that you know other platforms have had and, and the idea of blockchain for nfts and i think there's a lot of good ideas in the land that could be implemented um with some degree of mainstream appeal and mm-hmm. i don't know if the mainstream technically cares that much about you know things being so decentralized that no form of sense you know so i i i mean i can i i understand the view because i've had this debate a lot um and and i I tend to agree with it. I mean that that is kind of the foundational principle um, that that started. I think the platform, but I think you know when you really start unpacking some of the different aspects of the platform, you start to see kind of centralization all over. And it's not just a matter of the servers. You know, there there's a lot of aspects of this system that are set up to look decentralized, but really, when you look at the operation, they're they're at least at this stage, they're not, and they're not going to be i guess in the near future and i think that you know while while there is i think this ideological goal that we should move to of you know making things as decentralized as possible i think there are going to be points where the cost outweighs the reward and there will be a stopping point that i think is short of complete decentralization where you know even the most uh, hardcore people will accept okay like there are certain things, like even you were saying, like the ability to control pornography, for example, mm-hmm. um, must be an, a, a right that we have to be able to, to swiftly adopt to. And then I think you can just figure out what that means in the concept of decentralization, right? Because you, have, uh, you can say, well, in a decentralized world, the community would decide upon that. And that's fine. And I think that that's ultimately what will happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> I think what we've seen through history is that, Starts to lead to centralization, and yeah. I think then we have to ask: like, do is that what we want, or is that not what we want?
0: Yeah, I'm definitely not opposed to centralization at all. I think that's uh, that's a lot of the ways things start. Um, and you trying things out, uh, MVP style, a minimum viable product. Uh, you have to centralize things because that's the cheapest way to go. Uh, but KJ, I want to get your opinion on like, what are your thoughts on this whole decentralization thing. Is that one of the reasons why you stick around or is something else a, a reason?
5: No, I, for me, it is a big deal. Um, to be honest, to, speaking about the whole pornography thing, I think in an ideal world, no one who wanted to publish any of that kind of content should go anywhere near Decentraland, but I understand that's very naive thinking. I'm not sure how we can achieve we can allow people to express themselves 100% freely, but whilst avoiding these kind of situations, it seems like a catch-22. I'm, to be honest, my personal opinion is these people just shouldn't exist in the first place and they shouldn't right. find a central land. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> they probably will.
0: And, and um, it, I think the, the only thing I'll say about porn is we're using the most extreme, uh, right. clear example. To yeah. To argue, you know, whether or not the Central land should be able to be shut down. And, I, and I, I think that's the point. Someone came into the Discord and saying, hey, you know, over here at, at CryptoVox, we're talking about events and and we're talking about wearables. But I come over here and there's nothing but porn, you know, discussions. I was like, OK, but yeah, it's just uh, it's one of those extreme hypotheticals to prove a point. And I don't think we're going to see a whole lot of, you know, that sort of nefarious you know stuff within Decentraland, but it it is good. It's a good you know thought experiment to understand like what are the implications in terms of the Decentraland team, uh, the foundation, and what authorities could do about actual legal illegal um activities. So, um, I, I think it it to me it's a very interesting conversation. But uh, maybe once we have a real case where there's like a landowner who's doing this stuff you know, maybe that's when, like, the shit hits the fan in terms of, like, what is actually going to happen. So and I think
7: we'll move very fast in implementing something as well. So
0: Yeah, yeah I agree. Uh,
7: whatever it will be, I'm sure the decentralized team is going to start to, you know, get us moving to report this real quick. But um, I wanted yeah. to move to a different topic um, of events, because we got, like, 15, 20 minutes left. I actually yep. wanted to bring this up at the start. But... Uh, we've been trying to organize a lot more events, a lot more based on fun or anything that you guys think is going to involve community momentum. And one thing we had in mind was, yes, wearables, we can't make wearables at the moment in Decentraland and have them animated. But that doesn't stop us from using Blender and creating some sort of wearables and maybe putting them on mannequins or something in Decentraland as part of a competition. So we were thinking and we had a brief discussion. Why don't we have like a Blender comp for making wearables? So people can yeah, make wearables, yeah. we can put them into decentraland, yeah. and maybe someone can animate them, or we can put them on a mannequin, and judges can go in and see what people have built and try and get that that kind of creativity flow momentum happening. Exactly. Uh, so people aren't just on the sidelines waiting for decentraland to do something. Mm. What did you think about that, KJ and Dennis? Um, those that haven't heard this idea before, think about as
9: well. Yeah, uh, good good idea. Yeah, we're, we're, we will come. <laughs>
8: it will come (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think that that
1: could be a great way to show um the general larger like population uh population of the community like there's a lot of people trying to do this and you know this is what it could look like it's like an example you know like hey this is what my t-shirts would look like this is what this person's pants would look like i don't even make t-shirts i make this you know whatever it is you know
9: Actually, this is one of the ideas we want to be in the world as DevCraft to to be able so the new guys, new designers can show their their things first in the world, and then mm. and then yeah. we, we can buy. It. Yeah,
7: I guess it's like kind of like right now you can actually build up on your pro- your portfolio because if there's really good Blender people that are waiting for wearables, well, why not? just build stuff now and get popular and be like, oh, here's Joe, exactly. who's really good at making wearables. Yeah. We and know we that know these people yeah. exist before the wearables contract, uh, the DAO voting is up. So we know who to vote in and, and who not to mm-hmm. um, KJ, is that, a, is, that, um, is that sort of a competition doable? Like is Blender easy to learn if you don't know? Or is it only restricted to?
5: Um, I think everything's, it's one of those cases of if you sit down with it and you've got the interest and the perseverance to do it, You'll be fine. It's the same as coding. You know, it's a complete mind fuck to begin with. But as soon as you've sat down with it for a while, it's like, okay, like I kind of know what I'm doing. And yeah. to be honest, I think in the past, all the competitions that we've had that have had community involvement have only really brought good things because mm-hmm. people start getting more involved in Decentraland, in the applications. They start talking to each other and we start to create this community, which is what Decentraland is supposedly all about. So I think it's yeah. a good idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I agree. yeah. Is there I agree. a way
7: Is there a way to have like some sort of a template that we can use as a base template, like to say a shirt, and then they can import that into Blender and people like me that's never used Blender before just kind of stretch it in ways that we want to? Yeah, that-
5: we could definitely create, for example, base uh, t-shirt, shirt, trousers, and then maybe the individual user could texture them or paint them or color them in the way that they wanted yeah. or cut pieces out or
7: the the only
1: um, if, you, if you just mess with textures, you could get a lot of different uh, a lot of different designs, even with the same structure, the shirt and some pants. But different textures will yeah. make it look completely different.
7: Yeah. The only really issue cool. with this is that um, importing it into decentraland, it'll look like a different product, right? In terms of what you build in Blender. So, kind of trying to find or frame it in a way that people new to this concept understand they're not wasting time doing Too much stuff on Blender.
9: We can try. It, we can try to put it on our scene, and people can try it before before the contest. They just come on our scene, and uh, uh, I'm not sure if we can code it, but it seems like that they can come on scene and and just and uh, check how these things uh, looks uh, look inside, inside. Yeah, totally. It. But I'm saying that you know, in actually using Blender,
7: and you create say a shirt. When you import that shirt into Decentraland, isn't it going to look a little bit different because some parameters are not, nah. yeah.
1: I mean, not like completely different unless you're like doing using things that aren't available to Decentraland with Blender?
8: Yeah. There's a bunch yeah. of yeah, stuff, so you look like at,
1: Catherine talked to me about this before, where like there's a bunch of stuff that you just can't do, you know, that doesn't translate from Blender to the game. But I mean, it would look generally like what you made in blender unless you we were making it with mirrors and like some wild shit man.
9: yeah if you yes. look at our wearables they uh, look more or less the same as okay. they are so it's yeah. not that big of an issue Mm-mm.
1: yeah like when i made the necklace it went into the game looking like the necklace it was in blender just pretty basic because i'm pretty basic with right the blender yeah
0: hey, i have a question kj if you uh if you look at the screen and you look below there's an orb floating around right my question is: Could you create a T-shirt with an orb like this revolving around the shirt?
5: Whoa! Technically yes. Technically yes. It definitely depends on the uh, what kind of information we had from the SDK and the documentation. Okay, but definitely possible.
0: Okay, because that would be the prototype to my monster flex emote in the future. <laughs> really Yeah. Cool. Yep. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Okay, good, because that's that's how you know. You know, we were talking about the conference earlier, and you know, seeing those slides, it's cool. But like a regular T shirt, a hat, it's cool too. It's just we got to think a little bit more oh, yeah. outside the yeah. box here. But again, I think that has that's
1: has when the when deep, the user created right? content comes out. We, we, yeah, we for should sure. Be all over that. We should make all kinds of things that you, you know that are completely separate from what this stuff is, and this stuff will look like regular clothes. And our stuff might look like futuristic clothes, you know? Yeah. And yeah. then maybe clothes will start taking our trend, you know, our trends and not necessarily have flying things flying around them. But maybe there's some styles that actual people take from our style in Decentraland that we're making things that are kind of crazy. And they like, you know what? That does kind of work in real fashion.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to. I want to I walk into a Decentraland and see things that I couldn't have come up with. And
8: we're
1: so sick of seeing tables and
8: buildings, <laughs> man. Like, you're know, see another table. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like when you see chairs, like I don't understand why there's chairs right now. Like I'm not yeah. even sitting down and people have like spent time. Hey, dude. They spend so cool time second, like, like, like organizing tables and, and chairs.
7: Yeah, so The whole down, reason like, tables like, exist is right. that things don't <laughs> fall <laughs> down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You see tables there and you're like, well, we don't need, we don't have cups that we need to defy gravity to keep our hold up man
0: that's right
7: tables don't need to exist (laughs) yeah
5: exactly
7: anyway i think it's just like a uh, a matter of us unlocking that concept in the mind like as we start Mm -hmm. seeing cooler and cooler more virtual type builds that sort of stuff will become rarer i hope
1: i even thought about like changing the radio station to have it just be inside the globe and have the globe be floating and then you just have to get like beamed up to the globe yeah
7: yeah that'd be awesome Nice. Anything that's not the same as the real world. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It was like Will in my ear, like Frank changes yeah. things. It like <laughs> building. It's like a building to me.
2: <laughs> yeah because being about said it, like, I, I think real life builds do have uh, or real life looking stuff does have its place in the world because when yeah. you're trying to bring in companies mm-hmm. uh to do conferences and stuff a lot of those people aren't going to be able to wrap their heads around something that's totally different yeah. like i think oh, it's oh, important oh. we have like i think crypto valleys of where Valley, we just held yeah. that business conference yeah. i thought that build was the perfect blend of something yeah. that was uh futuristic and different looking but also um, real enough where we can bring people in and they can easily, I mean, there's the stage, they know to go up to the stage and stand there in front of the slides, like something <laughs> yeah, as simple yeah. as that, where mm-hmm. if we make stuff too complex, there's going to be people that um, aren't going to buy into it. So it, mm-hmm. it has I actually place, heard yeah. I actually
7: heard some really interesting feedback on that conference. It's mm-hmm. a very critical feedback. Uh, and part of it was that um, you know, going to a conference, you don't really mm-hmm. want to feel like it's the same as a real world conference. Yeah. And that's the setting that we had. The people that went there, you know, the way we also ran it, like we did 20 minutes per speaker. And I think the whole thing was like an hour and a half. And I can, I don't know because I wasn't someone that came to listen. I came to kind of manage it. Um, yeah. I didn't know from a listener's perspective, was that too long or was that too many, too much spaces of no one talking or did that initial 20, 30 minutes that we had before we started, um, of a tech issue, was that very, familiar with like real life events right like that's how a conference Hmm. is done in the real life and so i took back from that and i was like oh maybe we should just have four minute speakers have some sort of cooler maybe a smaller conference because that was a pretty big conference area and it kind of made everyone look very small as well so that's true um and i just heard that people some people came away from that feeling like it was a real a real world real world conference
0: um which is not that a bad like a, thing. It's not a bad thing. It's just like my like expectations. That's good. No, I mean, like, I, if it I
7: depends. Like, some people want to go to a virtual place and be like, "Oh wow, you know, there's something going on over there, or yeah. someone's wearing an octopus hat, yeah. yeah. or like all this cool shit that you don't see in real life." Yeah. But again, you can't please everyone. Some people want to go there and have a real world experience and be like, "Whoa, this yeah. is so realistic." And I think um, that can
1: yeah. be actually tailor made toward the event eventually. So in the beginning, yeah, we're just doing a, a conference, man. We're just trying to get everything figured out. You know. But if we do an event <clears throat> with all, let's say we did an event, which is all metaverse people instead of all people from businesses, it makes it wild because it'll be representing what we're all kind of involved with these metaverses. So you're like, okay, yeah, you know, create something crazy for that one because, you know, that's what they kind of like, you know, want, or if that's what the, the, the people that were uh, presenting wanted, but if it's just a mm-hmm. normal business conference, like, you know, especially on the first one that we did, I mean,
6: we had a building,
1: it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. No, I, mean, I agree with Frank
6: there. I mean, the San Diego Convention Center hosts, you know, major business conventions and it hun- it hosts Comic-Con, right? And so yeah. you walk into those and it's the same building, but it's a totally it's different,
8: different. Mm-hmm. yeah,
6: totally yeah. different thing for each yeah. one. So, and I've been to both and, you know, it's, so it's like, yeah. it's like, you. It, it, I think there's a place for both. I agree.
7: Interesting. I guess you can use the same building, but tweak a few things maybe just change the floor to like a moon floor setting or something different so that yeah, yeah. it look, or maybe make, yeah. make the surroundings like stars or a black box or something. Yeah, sure. you know? it's yeah, kind of yeah. how the theater
2: was set up like, as uh, um, KJ's, KJ's build there for the fashion show.
7: That's a really cool build, by the way, KJ. That was yeah. my first mm-hmm. like, oh, wow, this is a really nice mm-hmm. place to hold
6: something.
5: Yeah, I had a lot of help from my uh, teammate who's working silently in the corner. <laughs>
6: <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was an awesome build. Awesome
2: deal. The was update exactly, was even yeah, better. Great
5: to see so many people there. Yeah,
2: that had to be that had to be a really big moment for you and your teammate. Like you put in all that time, and then you finally have a use case for it.
5: To be honest, yeah, and also behind. Yeah we had the old version of the theatre up and maybe, I think it was during the event we uploaded the new version of the theatre. Like
2: 20, 20 minutes before the event. I was panicking.
5: <laughs> yeah. I was so panicking. Carl <laughs>
2: uploaded a whole new thing.
5: when we was inside and reloaded, the the contents of the parcel just suddenly changed. Um, That's crazy. I'm very we really happy because wow. we've been working on these changes for a couple of weeks and it was great to see them, like, you know, there. So,
6: yeah.
8: yeah. So what... <laughs>
6: So when I first started using Blender, I kind of had this thought that it would be really cool, and I've I've played with it. I'm just not very good at Blender. To have uh, spheres, um, because spheres are allow you to kind of change the perspective of the game. And I think Maddie, you've been to the, Dude, the club I built. That um, was an
7: amazing. Yeah, I love that concept.
6: And so that was me, you know, messing around with like two weeks of Blender knowledge. I think that concept with someone who's really a good developer. And, and and like has the coding knowledge and has the um the blender knowledge could be really implemented in a way that makes uh conferences and different structures completely um interchangeable and, and 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 you can you can have a very serious set like i could go in conceptually i could go from being at a beach one second and i press a button in the scene and it just changes what's on the sphere and all of a sudden i'm in space and then i Press a button on the oh, scene, and all of a sudden, down. I'm right. somewhere else. And so, this what the sphere does is it encapsulates you in an entire environment that is yeah. different from the environment that you're it's really and cool. I, I would love to see it on like, yeah,
2: you could do it with or 40 a, dome a dome, yeah, yeah. But you'd you have, have to update on, every time, right? Update the browser. Every time every you want time. to change
6: the textures on it, that's not like that wild, that's not like, necessarily. Um, what you could do is, yes, yes, yeah. you, you could, what you could do is you could have a function where it it changes the size of the sphere was just the way I was thinking of it. And so you actually have like 20 spheres, right. Mm. And you press a button and it triggers one sphere and that becomes the focal point, press a different button. And I was thinking, you know, I could probably do that in the builder. Right. But I'm sure someone with good, you know, Blender. I would love, I mean, I, I was kind of guarding that idea for a while, but now I'm working on so many other things that like, I would love to just be a part of someone who Mm. knows how to do it. You know, yeah. doing it because I think it's a good idea and I think someone can make something really cool with it.
1: Yeah, I think the best way to, to me, the best way you do that is you you'd know, you have multiple domes and just call for them in the SDK so they can on click.
8: Exactly. Like
1: click it, exactly. new dome comes up, new image, everything's there. Yep.
8: Yeah. And any, as
1: long as, like, you can have a million of them there as long as they're not on scene because you're just the, what you for triangles, like, it only matters what's being seen. So you could have 20 backed up and be like, all right, load that, load that, load that, load that, that.
0: Like, exactly.
8: Know, switch
1: well, if ideas. anyone's
6: listening and wants to partner with me to do it, I can explain the idea better. <laughs> because I, I've been looking for anyone who knows how to do it better than I do because I think it's a, it's a workable idea, but I just don't yeah. know how to do it.
7: I love the idea. I, I love the concept of it because then we can have speakers and it, when it's their turn to speak, you can change the look to suit what they're speaking about yeah so yep. it's part of like their yep. presentation is actually the immersiveness. Like you are suddenly in like, yeah, like uh, the Ross Tower, and you're like, "Oh, okay, so this is what this guy's talking about." Yep.
9: Um, but I that, think it's not. It. It's not more the conference; it's some kind of showference. <laughs> yeah. show-ference. yeah, yeah, yeah. There yeah, there you go. It, yeah that's it, man. We got to, We're changing this real world concept. It's yeah, it's different. Like we're we're
7: building a whole new universe, basically.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. A Metacon instead of Comic Con, right?
7: Yeah
0: right? Right? Like well, man, well you might have just made a million dollars. Alright, so we've been uh, going for an hour and fifty two minutes. Um I think we should uh wrap this up and uh any closing thoughts, K J, boss, anybody?
9: I liked the uh Matty's idea to show the variables uh, even if we can't really uh,
4: Yeah.
6: I agree.
4: That'd be a really good
6: event. Time. Yeah, I think it it's time for cool
4: like that event. Yep. All the existing wearables are even on the the, the and GitHub. I mean, you guys, if you if you go check the yeah, you that out, check you out, the like, files. Yeah, and you push. can just put them into a scene. But that, I mean, you can't edit it, yeah. edit them because they're not Blender. But um, I've yeah. I've
6: imported them into Hold
4: Blender on. before and yeah, say, no, i I import them into yeah, Blender. Uh, I can yeah. do whatever you want Oh, I've never done that. Yeah, yeah. Damn. Yeah. yeah. I got the asset package. pop back
1: in. So like when I when I make something that I wanna put on a person, I load that thing in there or I I wanna to try to size something for my scene, I'll put I'll load a guy in there and then I'll figure out what they look I like know. in you
8: know you know
1: ratio or whatever. You know? So I made the meme. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Stand the guy up, cut the head out, you know?
7: Yeah. Do you guys have any bills that you're working on that you wanna let the people know? Check it out. K J and Clark Dennis and Dass?
5: I don't know if I can talk about the stuff I'm working on.
7: Oh, to kill
5: Well,
7: that's good to know that you're working on some stuff. Is it like uh, <laughs> for- stuff.
5: stuff? Is it yeah. for people
7: or is it your own stuff?
5: Um, mostly for other people. Got some interesting ideas going on with Frankie as well, which we'll kind of Whoa. like keep down low until we're ready to
7: like show them. Nice. In real time. That's really cool. I think that's what I'm realizing whenever I talk to a community member or someone is that they've got their own set of things they're working on, um, which is good for me to see because I'm always like, oh, well, what's happening on Twitter? You know, I keep in Twitter tells me what, well, I think Twitter tells me what everyone's working on, but I know everyone's got their own secrets and
0: stuff. Oh, yeah. Maddie, Maddie has all the secrets. He, you can make a lot of money, <laughs> yeah, <he> dude. <laughs> <Just> hassle everyone. i <laughs> bug too many people. D- Dennis, are you working on
7: anything different to uh, the, like, Dappcraft? Or any other project that you can talk about?
9: Well, not building, but uh, more thinking of the friends I know which I can invite to the sale. And I sent you a private message. So if you're
5: in this. Yeah, I just
9: read that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So talk to you about it. I I would not uh, talk about the names now, but just the idea that inviting some really. Popular people into Decentraland mm-hmm. and discussing something like we do it now.
7: Yeah. That's awesome.
9: nice.
2: It's so cool. We're nice. all like in separate parts of the world. Like we're all kind of tapping into a different market. I think the closest people, I mean, obviously, I think Will and Iman live pretty close. But other than that, I think it's me and Frankie. And yeah. Frankie's yeah. still That's like 700 miles away from me. <laughs> like we're all over <laughs> the close. place. It's, it's pretty cool. So. <laughs> lot of potential for growth
0: there totally yeah. agree Definitely. all right um so yeah let's say our goodbyes everyone in Decentraland. and all the citizens out there appreciate showing up uh this is a frankie's show really uh all that technology you're listening to that's because of frankie um so i want to thank boss dennis kj maddie uh Kalel from krypton frankie iman and anorak for showing up too so we really appreciate it, and we'll see you next week, right, guys? Yep.
3: yep. Yeah, Thanks a lot, everybody. Bye. Uh, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye,
0: bye. bye, bye guys.
6: Bye,
7: guys.
0: Yeah. Thank you for listening to the Block Runner podcast. Make sure you visit our website, theblockrunner.com, and sign up to stay up to date on the latest in crypto. Also, reach out to us on Twitter, at TheBlockrunner. Yeah.